Hey guys, we just wanted to say something quick before we started this episode. Um, so this episode is awesome. However, the first like five, six minutes are <laughs> just a hot mess. Yeah. Like, we always do a little bit of chatting at the beginning, but it got a little out of control. <laughs> like a lot of laughing. Yeah. A lot of goofiness. Singing. So, yeah. Knows? Lots of singing. We do promise that this episode is really awesome and you're going to want to stick around because we talk a lot about thin privilege, fat phobia. Um, it gets very serious very quickly, but you just got to stick it out through these yeah. first five, ten minutes. I'm five, sorry, five, eight, five, five, eight, ten, five, fifteen. No, I'm just seven kidding. minutes. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, don't skip it. It's pretty funny. It'll definitely brighten up your day. But we wanted to pop in here and tell you, um, stick it out, guys. It's stick worth it. it. Okay, bye. This is, we should um, get copyright. <laughs> what if we got copyright infringement? They probably don't even know what song we're singing, so they can't copyright Yeah, that's us. true. If we're this bad at singers, <laughs> can we get sued? <laughs> don't answer that. Well, answer it's a little bit. It's just like karaoke, right? Karaoke. Why is that not? Why is that not? Why don't you get in trouble for singing karaoke? I think they pay for the rights for that song, don't they? I don't know. I don't know. But Josh, I could go to a bar and sing karaoke of any song I want. Josh, well, yeah, I don't know about bars. Josh told me that they have to pay for music every time they play it in a public place. Like they, I don't know if that's true. Maybe he just tells me. That. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. My husband has a habit of lying to me, especially when it's something that I'm gonna get like freaked out about or, or like, karaoke. Yeah, or karaoke. Apparently, karaoke. I've seen karaoke with him. With your husband. Is it a problem that I've forgotten this entire situation? Yeah, we at, all sang at Armidas. Armidas. I thought you said our meetup, and I was Armidas. like, shit. What meetup did we go to? <laughs> What did we sing? I don't know. No, it was just Josh and I, I think. Oh, wait, no. Was I there? No, it wasn't just us. I'm thinking of another uh, My friend's husband. <laughs> oh, we did go to Armida, though. We no, played. we all did. We all did. We did Friday. Yes. Friday. It's Friday. Friday. Oh, gosh. Gotta get down on Friday. And none of us knew the words in between, really. And so we were just like, my karaoke song is, do you know what it is? Scrubs. Yeah, that's what. I ain't got no scrub. Scrub is a man I can't get no love from me. Hanging on the passenger side of his best friend's trying to have had me i that is my favorite song but i every time i sing at karaoke i forget how often at the end it just goes scrubs i know that's a long scrub (laughs) it's so boring you know what's funny so my karaoke song with my girlfriends is either goodbye earl from the dixie chicks goodbye earl i don't even know that song or Got one hand in my pocket and the other one. Oh, Alanis Morissette? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. But All um, Alanis I could do, probably. If I have to sing by myself, the one rap <laughs> if that I, have I know. I to sing by myself. <laughs> the one rap that I know every single word from that I memorized in seventh grade, Baby Got Back. That's hilarious. Yes. I, I don't think I've word. seen you sing that. I'm good. I want to do... I know everywhere. <laughs> now that you say Alanis, I totally want to do Ironic. I love that song. Isn't it ironic? I woke up singing Don't that song think? on my wedding day. It's like, rain. <laughs> yep. Okay, okay it's raining. Wait, you guys, two minutes. 17 like, minutes this in. Is and this terrible. is terrible. we're talking about. Um, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> They've probably turned this off. They're like, Please gosh, don't turn us off. These guys are awful. Who who recommended this dang <laughs> podcast to me? Um, your sister. So listen up. Okay. Hey guys, welcome to our podcast. 
<laughs> it is about diets. Yeah, not music. As not music. you might have been confused, but it's about nutrition and diets and, mm-hmm. you know, saying, screw you, diet culture. And who are you? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't tell if you're talking to me or diets. And who are you, diets? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is, uh, we should just name this episode bloopers. Like, just, yes. this is not a real episode. We have good information coming, you we guys. We do. We you just have to wait for it. <laughs> Ooh, wait. At the anticipation. What if it was like 18 minutes of this and then two minutes of information at the end? <laughs> I'd feel really bad for people. <laughs> we duped them. Oh, yeah, boy. Okay. Guys. Oh, I just almost went on a side tangent. I'm not Welcome do it. to the Diet Riot Podcast. I'm Alyssa Miller. I'm Brooke Miller. We're both dietitians. We're both moms. We both live in Denver. We're both from the Midwest and like cheese. <laughs> and like cheese. I like how the last one's always random. Like totally off the cuff. Oi. Okay. Today. We're really giggly today. We're, it's bad. You guys, we've been. Okay. Little teaser for you. Depending on the date this is released, we are working on something huge. Like huge huge it's like donald <laughs> trump would say huge that, that was bad is that what donald i'm bad trump at says? yes he fake says, news it's huge but I can't. <laughs> our face <laughs> it's a bad impression but he says huge really funny okay wait, wait, i'm a big can, deal can I'm you do it huge <laughs> it, it i feel like it's more obvious than donald trump on video because i have the fingers to match it hold on okay Okay, now do it. I'm kind of a big deal. I'm huge. <laughs> okay. China. 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 Okay. Anyways, Enough we're not getting Trump into jokes. politics. No. <laughs> um, okay. Focus, focus, focus. Today, we are talking about weight loss. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Mates. I liked a really funny Donald Trump memes, and there's just too many good ones to choose from. Oh my gosh, there's guys, so these many. gifts are good. I mean, um, clearly you should do this one on my head. <laughs> oh, it doesn't really line up. You can't really tell what okay. it is. Okay, I got it. Again, I got it. Okay, funny. you you search chat. I'm gonna keep talking, and Brooke's gonna <laughs> giggle in the background. Uh, today we are talking about weight loss and intuitive eating. So, what is weight loss? Nope, I'm gonna reset <laughs> um it, we never even gave them the teaser oh my gosh we said we're working on something huge like Hitch. donald trump and then we never said anyways um of course <laughs> <laughs> way to give away the spoiler there brooke oh uh we're working on a course for you guys we're so so excited it's not quite out yet as far as i know and since i'm in charge of releasing it i would know um, but yeah, so that's the teaser. Anyways, today we're talking about weight loss and intuitive eating and how those two things fit or don't fit together. Oh, <sighs> yeah. That was a bad intro. That was a terrible intro. That's fine. We're six minutes in. Okay. I'm going to have okay, to edit go. some of that down. Yeah, you're going to okay. have to edit some of that. Okay. So weight loss and intuitive eating. Can it go hand in hand? Can you lose weight while intuitive eating? Should you want to? Should you want to? Where, where, does, where does that headspace come from, Brooke? Well, I don't know where it comes from. Right? <laughs> this depends on the person. I'm going to need this a shot of so vodka. so bad. Okay, let's okay. start over. Let's just start. Scrap let's this whole just, thing. Okay. Um. No, no, no. Okay, so can, can you want to lose weight while being an intuitive eater? I mean, I think if you are truly on an intuitive eating journey, weight loss is on the back burner. You're Absolutely. not focused on that. 
However, I think when you're starting the intuitive eating journey, I think a lot of people have the mindset of, I really hope this helps me lose weight. And it is in the back of their mind. Fire. You said that so well. So eloquently Boom. for how poorly we started this podcast. All of a sudden, Brooke's all eloquent over there. The, um, ca- the caffeine kicked it's in. It's the caffeine. Oh, gosh. So, yeah, I think I want to stress the point that you are not bad for wanting weight loss. Like, we all grew up in such an entrenched time of diet culture, and we've been literally programmed to want to lose weight. So, Anytime we feel bad about ourselves, anytime we want to change, anytime that we maybe look in a mirror or try on clothes or see someone on Instagram, a lot of the times we think these feelings of poor self-worth or like, what's that called? Low self-esteem comes from or will be fixed by losing weight. Mm-hmm. And I think that is ingrained in us. So it's it's to be expected. So you are not bad for wanting to lose weight. It is a normal want in our lives. Well, and I think that the sad thing is, is that diet culture has showed us how to become fat phobic mm-hmm. and diet culture has showed us about thin privilege. Totally. So if like Alyssa and I, I would say we're pretty like average normal body weights. Mm-hmm. We're not overweight. We're not underweight. Like we're not according thin. to medical standards. Yeah. We're not thing. like. Yeah. We're not in very thin bodies. We're in just like very average size bodies. Um, But even so, being an average size body, I still think that we've experienced thin privilege Mm -hmm. because we're not obese. Mm -hmm. And if you are in a larger body, I think you do understand what thin privilege is. And so thin people do get treated differently than people who are obese. And that's sad. And I think a lot of why people are aiming to get into smaller bodies is because they know that there is less judgment from the outside world. So you can be in a thin body, you can be in a larger body, you can be in a body in between, and you can still have the same negative or positive thoughts about yourself. So you could be in a very large body and be very positive in how you view your body. You could be in a very small body and think very, very negatively of yourself. So it doesn't really affect how you think of yourself necessarily. But society will judge and treat you differently based on your body size, which is not right. Like Mm -hmm. this should not, this, this is not how we want to treat people. But the sad thing is like if somebody is in a small body and somebody is in a large body and they, they eat the same thing. So they both order the same pizza out to eat. The waitress may judge the person who's in a larger body by them eating pizza and not ordering a salad. But the person who's in a thin body won't get judged for eating that same piece of pizza. So it's hard. So I think that um, the desire to to lose weight is, a lot of it is because of fat phobia and thin privilege. I love that you branch into this topic. We really yeah. are going into politics here. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I love, I feel like the first time I heard about thin privilege, I was like, that's not a thing. Yeah. Like I totally wiped it away and was like, nah, whatever. Like this is just another thing to complain about, another thing to like be victimized. And like honestly, as a like thin privileged woman, and what that means is like, is society built to sustain your weight or size? Mm-hmm. That's what that means. So like you have thin privilege if you don't have to buy two airplane seats to like exactly. fly across the city or two bus seats. Or when you walk into a store, you can find clothes that fit you. These are things that people who are thin privileged don't realize is a fight for other people. So when I first learned about this, I was very, because I'm not a thin, I wouldn't 
categorize myself as thin. Like I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm a real thin person. Same. Yeah, yeah. Like I would just look at us and be like, we're healthy, average people. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's pretty much right there, stark in the middle, pretty average. So I, when I first heard the word thin privilege and that I might be a part of thin privilege, I was like, uh, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not like, a size zero. <laughs> yeah. yeah I that's what, what I thought too. Yeah. So it can be very startling to hear these terms. And I think at least for me, my gut reaction was to like dismiss them, reject them, call them like, like ridiculous or whatever and brush them off. But it's really important for us to realize that like there are people in this world that are live in larger bodies by either choices that they're making or just where their body sits. And regardless of why they're in a larger body or a smaller body or medium or whatever size body, everyone deserves respect at the exact same level and amount. Right. Like we should not be treated better or worse by society based on what we look like on the outside, whether Mm -hmm. that's your body size, whether that's your race, ethnicity, the way you dress. We should all be aiming to treat everybody with respect. And let me just like give Brooke gave some good examples, too. But I think like an example that comes to mind that I will never forget happening is when I was a waitress and you know, obviously all the waiters, waitress or waiters, waiters, <laughs> um, obviously all the waiters chat like around, um, in between serving their tables. Well, a girl that I was working with got sat with a table of four and they were people in larger bodies and they all ordered Cokes and she came back and started filling up their glasses with Coke. And she said, honestly, I should probably give them diet Cokes. Yeah. Oh. And I will never forget. And this person is tiny. I mean, she was a small, thin, privileged, like very small woman, no matter what she did. Like this mm-hmm. is who right. the body she was born in. Yeah. Yeah. Like there, <laughs> I don't even think you could feed her enough whatever to like make her gain weight. Mm-hmm. So, and she said that and I was like, I didn't really know why it affected me. Like I wasn't even, I think I was in my first semester of school for nutrition. And not to say that I learned about weight, like weight stigma or thin privilege in in school for nutrition because I absolutely did not but it just like struck a chord with me mm-hmm. like what a horrible thing to say or to assume and that goes back to what Brooke and I always reference um the health at every size book is that people think they can determines people determines <laughs> determine people's health determine people's health by their body size just mm-hmm. externally looking at them or like what you said based on what they're ordering like oh they ordered a pizza and then you make this snap judgment oh that's probably why they live in a larger body because all they eat is pizza or whatever mm-hmm. you know where you have no idea what their ins and outs of their life looks like in real life right like for instance you could you could get on a medication and there are certain medications that will have you gain weight like totally we have medications that um, kids have to be put on for like seizures or like different things and it can cause weight gain. Um, certain antidepressants can cause weight gain. And so there are things that are completely out of your control and like genetics, you even. need to yeah. be on a medication sometimes. Yeah. You can't help the family that you were born into or what, what your genetics are like. For instance, my varicose veins guys, I'm 31. My varicose veins. I should show a picture of my legs. You should um, do it. Both of my legs have been done. Um, after pregnancy, my left one got shot. Not literally shot, but it's shot. (laughs) And like genetically, my parents, they both blessed me with varicose veins and they both have gotten their varicose veins done. And typically it's like the, I don't know what the word is. Typically like people with varicose veins are like obese and that's like what causes it. But obviously pregnancy can cause it too. And so like for us, it's just genetic. Like nobody in my family is obese, but it's just genetically we were screwed and it's kind of the same thing with certain body types like I'm very short that's genetic I can't just get taller 
Like I don't yeah, have that choice totally. to just get taller. The size of my feet. You yes. show a picture of your varicose Both veins. Both of us. I'll show the size of my feet Girl, next my to feet a are clown. The same size. <laughs> no, they're not. You're nine and a half. No, I'm ten. Ten and a half. I'm eleven. Okay, solid close. eleven. We are close. Um, but either way. But back to yeah. Large. Back to the like thin privilege and fat phobia. So, w- what your example proved was that this waitress assumed that they were in larger bodies because they drink Coke, and there sometimes is some correlation between certain habits that we have that are consistent and our body weight. But remember, weight is not a behavior. So weight is like a side effect of a lot of different factors. Um, But her snap judgment was they are overweight or obese because of this one thing. And they need to go on a diet. And they need to go on a diet. However, I guarantee you if she was serving cokes mm-hmm. to a table of people who were in a thin body she would have never said that she wouldn't have thought twice about them ordering a coke absolutely and so that's where thin privilege comes like comes into play and why we're talking about this is because people are now being judged even though they could eat, eat, be eating the same thing that somebody else is eating and so a lot of times i just like recently heard this on a podcast um i'll have to find the quote and post it and reference who said it but it was like something along the lines of if you're prescribing something to an overweight person that you would consider unhealthy mm-hmm. to a thin person, then like you're doing it wrong. Yeah. So if we're telling, um, like, for instance, hey, Joe, you're ob- obese. So I'm prescribing that you cut all these things out of your diet and eat 1200 calories a day. Mm-hmm. But if Sarah over here is underweight, and she wants to eat 1,200 calories a day and cut out all these foods, we would consider that unhealthy. Right. We would say she's restrictive eating. She might have a disor- disordered eating. But for John, or whatever his name was, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Joe John. I don't Jingle know, Joe. But, you know, like for him, we're like, oh, that's okay because he's obese. So, yep. like, he deserves, he deserves to be on a diet. He deserves to be restricted because he's clearly only in this body because of what he eats and it's like that's not the whole picture and this comes into play like especially societally and like in real life that you experience but then also it becomes dangerous in a situation Mm -hmm. where doctors now have weight stigma where they look at someone in a larger body and if they're complaining of certain symptoms like numbness in their hands or their feet or having pain on one side of their body they might say something like oh just lose weight and it'll it'll go away Mm -hmm. and they just attribute any literally any symptom to weight loss or to the fact that they're quote unquote obese or overweight or whatever versus it can actually be a serious condition that they're writing off as a weight issue and you guys this has led to deaths this is not like this is not a joke like this is not a drill this has led to actual deaths same same instances with underweight or thin people Mm -hmm. that they'll complain of symptoms and they'll just assume that they're fine because they're healthy. They're in Mm -hmm. a good weight range. They're young, they're whatever. And they misdiagnose or mistreat them because they're not taking their needs or their bodily functions seriously because they assume because they're in a BMI, which we've already talked about BMI is bogus um, because they're in a healthy quote unquote BMI that then they are probably just fine and it will figure itself out or whatever. And this is dangerous, literally dangerous. And dietitians do it too. I mean, yeah, there are so many patients out there that have diagnosed malnutrition that are BMI 30 plus, but it's like, no, but they're malnourished. They can mm-hmm. be in that BMI of obese or overweight and still be malnourished. And so many people disregard that 
and then misdiagnose malnutrition and then put them on an eating regimen that's not healthy for them. Mm -hmm. I was listening to, um, it's not about the food. That's an awesome podcast. You guys definitely should subscribe. But Stephanie was interviewing one of her friends who, um, she was like losing weight unintentionally, but she, she was losing weight unintentionally, but also was like working out hard. And so she just attributed it to, Oh, I've been working out hard. Uh I don't like where this is going. Yeah. And she ended up, um, she was like in a diabetic coma and like her blood sugar was, I can't remember what it was, but it was, I I don't know. It was like ungodly. She should have been dead. You know, she should have been dead. And, um, she was like, Oh my gosh, my doctor was just like, Oh, good for you. You're losing weight. Good job. You're clearly healthy because you're losing weight. And it was like, this weight loss was the first sign that she had type one diabetes that was going undiagnosed. Yeah. And so it's like unexplained weight loss could could be cancer, like unexplained mm-hmm. weight gain. It could be caused from something hormonal. It could be something going on inside your body. And I think a lot of doctors will push off like, oh, I see you that you've gained X amount of weight in this amount of time. So obviously you're just not exercising hard enough and you're you're eating crap. Right. But it's like there could be something going on in your body that's in a diagnosis like it needs it's a medical condition that needs treatment and they're just being ignored because they just assume like oh yeah if you just lose the weight your thyroid will get fixed or if you just lose the weight this will get fixed and I think that the message should be like whatever we're prescribing to somebody in a thin body which should be the same prescription that we're prescribing to somebody in a larger body Mm -hmm. so for instance the same treatment. Yeah. The yeah. same ideas. Yeah. So like gentle nutrition, like Alyssa and I will dive into this later, but for instance, like a diabetic, we would recommend, you know, to balance your blood sugar. So eating like a protein, a carb and a fat together. I would tell that advice to somebody with prediabetes, somebody with diabetes and somebody who is nowhere near diabetes. Sure. Because it's good advice overall for all of us to keep our blood sugar balanced. So that's good, solid advice. But for me to look at you and be like, you're X amount of weight, you need to eat this diet. Oh, you, you need to eat this diet because your BMI is this. I mean, that's not good treatment because Mm -hmm. it makes no sense. Right. Yeah. I think that idea of just coupling the weight loss in there with what you're deciding to prescribe to somebody or how you're going to treat somebody or anything like that is just a recipe for disaster. You know, Brooke and I have said weight is not a behavior and oftentimes weight we should be using and looking at as a symptom of Mm -hmm. what's going on inside the body. And it's not necessarily good or bad plus or negative fatter or smaller or thinner or whatever words you want to use to describe it. The fact of the matter is, is that weight is a genetic predisposition predisposition that we have. So if you subscribe, which Brooke and I both do, um, to the weight set point theory that our genetics are going to determine what weight range we typically function at, Mm -hmm. function well at, and that our body's always going to be striving for homeostasis at that, at that set wet point. I always say it wrong. Set point weight. Set wet point. Set wet point. Set weight point. Your body's always going to be working towards that goal. So if you're trying to put yourself at a different arbitrary rate weight that you came up with or your doctor came up with or Noom came up with, then you're going to be... Noom. We're calling you out, Noom. <laughs> no, we need to do a whole Actually, episode on Noom. we will. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Anyways, so if you have a weight set in mind that you want to be at that's against what your genetic makeup is, you're going to be fighting against your body to get there. 
Mm-hmm. And that's not a place you want to be. It's emotionally taxing. It's physically taxing. It's mentally taxing beyond belief. Mm-hmm. And the stress level in your body, you don't want to deal with it. We go into more in this on our course. But, we do. A lot um, more. Yeah. But it's just super important to know that your body is going to try to reach a healthy weight for itself. And you need to honor and respect what that weight is so that you're not in a constant war with your body for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this a little bit before, but I wanted to kind of dive into how you know that you're at your set weight point or what kind of feels good to you and your body. So a lot of us track our weight. I wouldn't recommend it. Mm-hmm. Throw that scale away. <laughs> Throw that scale. Throw we that have to scale make our away. video of, yes. we have a really good, really good no. video. I'm not going to spoil it. No spoilers. Um, hashtag no spoilers. No spoilers. Whatever. <laughs> Anyways, um, so <laughs> I forgot what I was saying, but basically I, to, we understand yeah. that it's become a habit probably for most people to weigh ourselves. And in order, I think, to get our mental headspace correctly, I think you really do need to stop weighing yourself. Mm-hmm. Really, really need to just stop weighing yourself because no matter what, it's really hard to step on that scale. Even myself at five, six years into an intuitive eating to not have an idea of what you want that number to be when you step on that scale mm-hmm. and then have that number on the scale either deflate you or relate you mm-hmm. and you can go either way and your emotion and your emotional state should not be dependent on what that scale says. Mm-hmm. So focusing more on how you feel in your body, a comfortable weight range that you end up staying, that your body's staying you know, within the same weight range without having to worry or obsess or track foods or weigh yourself regularly or start and stop diets is a great way to know that you're in that kind of comfortable range. And yeah. Go ahead. Oh, um, well, health at every size, um, they have specific like symptoms of if you're likely above or below your set point weight, or if you're at it. And I think it's pages like 28 and 29 in the book health at every size. So just refer to that chart. Yeah, it's and really you, good information. You list them out in our course too. I do. You, you go guys got to buy the course. Got to get that course, course. Why do I keep singing today? I don't know. Um, yeah, so I think basically when we respect our bodies enough to trust it, to stay at a healthy weight for us, then we can start to like literally breathe deeper and easier knowing that our body is working for us, not against us. And unfortunately, for some of you that are still wanting to lose weight, that means that you may actually gain weight when you become an intuitive eater. And I know that can bring up a lot of emotions in you and stress and anxiety and, you know, just being upset with that fact. But really, we need to find a way to come to peace with that and know that if we want food freedom and we want to live a life of freedom from dieting and diet mentality and not being present when we're physically present somewhere because we're thinking about how many calories we're consuming, this is a reality we have to come to. So during the journey of intuitive eating, whatever your weight is right now, there is a chance that you may gain weight, there's a chance that you may lose weight, and there's a chance that you will stay the exact same weight or within that same weight range, and all that's changing is mental. But you have to keep in mind, too, your weight may fluctuate. So like you could initially initially you could lose weight and then gain a little bit back and kind of get at your set point. Totally. You could initially gain weight. And then as you kind of ease into it and you start, you know, realizing what foods make you feel good and following all the principles of intuitive eating, then you could drop down and kind of 
lose weight until you hit your set point weight. So it's Such it's a, a pendulum shift. So it's not like once you start intuitive eating, if you gain five pounds or lose five pounds, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's where your body's going to stay because it, it's like a roller coaster. Like it could go up and then down and then up and down, but it should like pendulum swing into your set point weight level by the out. end of it. Yeah. yeah, it will level out. And just to give you like a little personal tidbit about myself, when I became an intuitive eater, when I really got the hang of it and was doing it what I felt like really well, I did lose weight. That was mm-hmm. where, however, it's not my lowest weight I've ever been. You yeah. know, I actually just posted a photo of me at my lowest weight I've ever been. Oh, it's covered by, it's over there. It's my wedding photo. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know, after puberty, that's the lowest I was like, mine was when I was like a, a baby. An infant? <laughs> <laughs> I no. was born at seven pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I did you know, initially I lost weight during intuitive eating. Now, since then I've been pregnant, so I gain weight (laughs) and now I'm postpartum. So this is one of the beauties of not weighing yourself is like during these life cycles, I have not, I have not used an ounce of my brain worrying or stressing or thinking or what, what have you about my weight. Mm-hmm. Not one ounce of my energy have gone into this place of I'm six months postpartum, better start losing that weight, better get back down to my pre-body weight, better go find my body because I apparently mm-hmm. lost it. And like, <laughs> this is not anything that's been taking up space in my mind. And you might be thinking to yourself right now, how, how are you not thinking that? I couldn't mm-hmm. stop thinking about that when I had my baby. I don't know what you're talking about. This is what food freedom looks like. Mm-hmm. This is what making peace with your body looks like. It's literally not having the strength, like not the strength, the strong pulls towards diet culture of being a postpartum mom and wanting to quote, get my body back. Like Mm -hmm. I don't worry about it because I listen to my body and my body will tell me what's best. And if I follow that, I will find my set point weight again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that I know I didn't struggle at all during pregnancy or postpartum with the weight changes. Cause obviously when you're pregnant, you gain quite a bit of weight in nine months or so typically and then you know and then you have the baby and then typically you lose most of it within like I don't know the first year you know you're like losing that weight again and so your weight is really fluctuating up and down but um I just didn't weigh myself I mean I did weigh myself during part of my pregnancy because I was told to gain weight and the baby wasn't growing very well um but otherwise like my next pregnancy I don't plan to weigh myself at all like during or after because it doesn't matter like if you gain 20 pounds or 30 pounds or 40 pounds during your pregnancy like as long as the baby's growing then you're fine right. like mm-hmm. it it doesn't define how your pregnancy is I don't know yeah it's not it's not determining your worth and mm-hmm. I think what Brooke just touched on there is super important to distinguish is Brooke and I are not for weighing yourself for the sake of knowing what that scale says but again like we said earlier weight can be and is a symptom of what's going on in your life so in Brooke's case her weight was important to pay attention to because Ashton wasn't growing there was times where she needed to make sure that she was hitting a certain amount of weight gain so that she knew a portion of that was going towards the baby. Mm -hmm. So there are, I'm not saying weight isn't important and should never be looked at, but we give it so much literal weight Mm -hmm. of how important it is in our culture and in our bodies and in our lives that it's, it's really not the focus. It shouldn't be the focus and it should be one of the many components of our health that people look at not the only one and definitely not a determining factor of how your health is going. Yeah. And I think that, you know, to really, truly 
get on this intuitive eating journey and be successful at it, it's going to be very hard to be successful if weight loss is still a goal of yours. So you can say it all you want, like, oh, I don't care if I lose weight or not. But deep down, you're really, really wanting that. It's not going to be as successful for you as it could be. And I think it is such a barrier for us if we are still striving for weight loss. And so there's just like, I know it's scary to put the thought of weight loss away, to put the scale away, to not focus on it because we have been like ingrained in our brains that we always need to be working on our body. We always need to be working on weight loss. We always need to be working on maintaining our weight, but we, we don't, we don't need to be worrying about that. Um, what we, what we should be worrying about are things that we can control. So Mm -hmm. the habits our sleep, our water, like there's so many healthy habits that we can be focusing in, in on and that our energy can be going towards. And we just don't need to spend our energy, time, stress, on weight because it's 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 not going to do us any good. Yeah, I think that's so important. Healthy habit, healthy or health promoting behaviors that affect our health in other ways than just our weight. Because for so long, diet culture has told us that our health is tied directly to our weight, which is just flat untrue, like just plain untrue. So when we start to focus on other healthy habits that affect different aspects of our life, not related to weight, that's where we start to see that magic happen. And like Brooke said, it can be really scary to not only stop pursuing weight loss, but also to sit and be comfortable with the fact that you may gain weight. Um, I know that can be really scary for you guys. And I think this could actually be like an entire podcast episode, how to be okay with that. Um, cause it does take time and just know, I don't know. I hope I didn't make it sound like too easy. Like, Oh, I never think of diet culture. I will say I really do, especially right now, looking back, like I did not spend an ounce of my worries in the last six months worrying about losing weight. Um, That isn't to say that once you become an intuitive eater, you're not going to struggle with diet culture. We all do. Mm -hmm. It's so ingrained. It always pops up. Totally. There's still stuff Brooke and I find in our lives that we're like, oh, why do we believe that? Or why were we interested in that? You can go back to the beginning of our podcast. (laughs) No, but don't. (laughs) No, no, but also don't. (laughs) Um, See diet culture pop up. And I think it's important. That's why we did this podcast is to unveil it and to show you guys our transformation and what we're going through. So hopefully you can glean something from it too. Anyways. Wow. This podcast episode really is worth waiting the seven minutes of crap that we spewed at the beginning. (laughs) I know guys, if you held on this whole time, thank you. All right. Thanks guys for listening to that episode. It was so good. Um, And for those of you who stuck it out and made it to the end, thank you. We want to thank you guys, our listeners so much. Um, And now we're going to do a little reading of our reviews that we've gotten lately because that's so fun to hear your guys' reviews read on air. Okay. All right. You have to read that one. Oh, okay. You want me to do it? I'm going to cry. Yeah, she'll cry. Okay. (laughs) I'll do it. I have a heart of cold heart. You have a cold heart? (laughs) You were going to say heart of gold, and then it was like heart of cold. (laughs) Heart of gold. I'm cold hearted. Cold hearted. (laughs) Okay, guys. Um, So we have a five-star review here, and this one is really touching. We love this review. Um, Hello, my name is Kristen. Hi, I'm 53 years old. Oh my gosh, I can't talk today. I think her title is Hi, my, my name, name is Christian and I'm a chronic dieter. Oh, okay. I think that's what it said. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Um, so I'm 53 years old and I remember being 16, drinking slim fast and speed walking thinking I was overweight. Nobody in my life told me that except society. I have done all the diets. I thought that 
was what I should do. Then my 26-year-old daughter, who is a an RD told me a few weeks ago, mom, you're a chronic dieter. She sent me this podcast and told me to start listening. And I realized she's right. I'm ready to get rid of rules and guilt and restrictions and finally enjoy food and health at the same time. I appreciate the wisdom, humor, and candid conversation that this podcast provides. Keep it up. I have almost 40 years reversing my knowledge ahead of me. I'm going to need the encouragement. Oh my gosh, we are with you, girl. We are with you. Kristen, you are killing it. Thank you so much for being here. Um, you've made oh, me cry like crying. a million times. It's, <laughs> it's just, it's so... The hormones. Moving. Yeah, it's the hormones. <laughs> um, it's just really cool. It's really cool that we just decided to start this podcast and it's actually like affecting people's lives. It means so much to me. I mean, really, really, truly, it means so much to us. So thank you guys. All right, here's another one. This is from The Mama RD. Love this duo. Five stars. I've only listened to two episodes, but these two are so entertaining and easy to listen to while they talk about real life issues. I've learned so much about intuitive eating from them and can't wait to catch up on more episodes. Whoop, whoop. Thank you so much. You guys, these ratings really do. We read every single one. We're reading them on air now. So I think we've read them all on air. Mm-hmm. Have I we? Most of them. I think all the ones from this year. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys for leaving those reviews. It really means so much to us. And um, it... Also, that's what gets us up on iTunes so that when you leave a written review or a star review, that's what tells iTunes, hey, we should show this podcast to more people, get it up on the charts so that it starts, you know, climbing above all that like keto, paleo, bullcrap, diet culture spewing podcasts that are Mm -hmm. out there. So if you guys appreciate this podcast in your life, I really implore you. (laughs) Is that a good (laughs) word? (laughs) Not yeah. Toilet paper word of the day. (laughs) Um that's a friend's joke, by the way. Um, I I ask you to please leave a star review and a written review that really helps. Um, and then if you also tag us on social media, you'll get an extra entry to our giveaway that's still going on. Once we hit 100 reviews, we're going to go ahead and pull a random winner to win. Diet Riot merch, Fit Snack Snacks, Health at Every Size, Intuitive Eating, and a $25 Amazon gift card. Whoop, whoop. And those books are the books that we reference the most. However, we should do an entire episode dedicated to books that have helped us on a journey because I've got like a list. Yeah, I have some other books that are like more sciencey. Sciencey. Mine are kind of more fun, I feel like. So, okay. (laughs) Like even more fun than Intuitive Eating. Oh, really? Yeah, Intuitive Eating, I listen to on Audible. Oh, yeah. Guys, it's not really fun to listen to. You should buy the book (laughs) or enter our giveaway. Enter the giveaway. So anyways, um, find us on Instagram at diet.riot.podcast. Email us with any questions or concerns. Um, hello at dietriotpodcast.com. And thank you so much for listening, you guys. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thanks for sticking it out. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.